Cougs house. The Houston Cougars face a familiar foe in Lubbock this weekend, but there are some different things going on with the Red Raiders this year. So to help us out, we got some people to come in and tell us a little bit more about those Texas Tech Red Raiders. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Aintrith, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can place on Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. And if you're finding us on the YouTube channel, welcome back. It is so good to see you again. The folks from Gambling Gaucho is on to talk to us someday at Pod Texas Tech. They're a great Twitter follow for all things Big 12, frankly, as well. And we are joined by Kyle and Rob of the Gambling Gauchos podcast. Uh, first things first, guys, how are y'all doing? Pretty good. I'd say we were maybe a little bit better drinking the offseason Kool-Aid than uh, <laughs> the one and three start has us feeling. But, you know, no no complaints. Doing good. Focusing on baseball season still with the Texas Rangers. No, no offense to your Houston Astros. There. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That is a nice hat, by the way, Parker. I like the <laughs> Oilers color scheme. Oilers colors and the Astros hat. Yeah. Um, Gambling Gauchos been at Dave Campbell's football since the Republic of Football started. Um, so this is the first full football season of that, though, right? Um, and I feel like you mentioned Kyle's drinking the Kool-Aid. And so I'll start with you. Years start off kind of slow. Um, drinking the Kool-Aid, I, I don't. I didn't pick them, but people were picking Texas Tech to be like a dark horse Big 12 champ, right? Um, I'll start with Kyle and then go to Rob. What's the first four games been like as someone watching each and every play several times? Yeah, so coming into the season, we had a pretty good amount of returning production at nearly every position. You know, a couple question marks, um, maybe at like inside linebacker and uh, on the pass rush. But most positions we felt like, okay, we should be as good as we were last year, if not better. And finishing last year on a 4-0 run, including the the bowl game, you know, had everybody pretty optimistic. But starting off, uh, Rob and I made the trip to Laramie, a, a great experience other than the three and a half, four hours that we were inside the stadium. And, uh, you know, out of the gates, it was exactly what we thought it would be. You know, they get up 17-0, they score on three of their first four possessions, and we're like, okay, you know, this team is just as good as we thought it would be. And then they go 48 minutes of game clock without scoring again, um, lose it in double overtime. And I thought for the most part kind of were able to reset, put put a bad loss behind them and come out and play well against Oregon. Uh, short version, you know, they're down 31 to 30. They have the ball with a minute and a half left. You know, we've got last possession. Winds up throwing a pick six. We lose 38 to 30, but had a top 10 team on the ropes there in Lubbock. And so another tough loss, but it had people feeling like, okay, we don't, we lost to Wyoming, but we don't suck. You know, we were right there with Oregon. Then you beat Tarleton State, an FCS team that you should handle. Uh, go on the road to Morgantown, a, a West Virginia team that you've beaten four years in a row, favored by six points. Starting quarterback gets hurt. And uh, offense, again, goes long stretches without any production, and we lose 20 to 13. So, I would say taken together the four games, it's been a little bit too much of the offense going dry for too long. And I think the defense 
has been pretty solid for the most part. I mean, I could I could nitpick and show you where they didn't play a perfect game, but what I've said is the defense is probably about a B-plus right now, and I think it's the offense really where we've left some meat on the bone and, and lost three winnable games. And, Rob, maybe you have more to add or a different perspective there, but that's kind of yeah. my takeaway. Cougar fans can relate to the offense being not what you thought it was going to be and the defense carrying the ship a little bit. For the most part, uh, Rob, what's been your perspective across the four games? Because it doesn't seem like it's what you thought was going to happen either. Yeah, I, I, you know, you could explain Wyoming as a little bit of a fluke going up there. Uh, it's one of those teams that kind of punches up every once in a while. All right, you lost the game. Oregon, you play close. Oregon's probably better than Texas Tech. Uh, but then that West Virginia game uh, is a rough loss for me. Uh, I, I am not pro West Virginia at all. I thought they would absolutely stink. Uh, and to lose to them shakes your core beliefs a little bit. Uh, heading into the Houston game, I'm, I, you know, not the same quite feeling because I like a lot of the Houston players. I'm, I'm a big Dana fan. If he's not my coach, I like him at a distance. Uh, but I think this is a must win. It's probably a must win for both programs. But for Texas Tech fans, this is a must win uh, to keep to keep the hearts on fire this season. It's funny you said about Dana because I'm higher on him than many. Um, I think, at least in the Houston Cougar circles, I think when you say liking him from a distance, there are plenty of people in Houston that might give him that distance in the very near future. Um, Rob, you do bring him up, though, and he's got obvious ties to people in Lubbock. And frankly, the more people I talk to in Lubbock um, over the course of leading up to this game or a Big 12 media days or what have you, I think it's... I think he does bring back fond memories, and this weekend's going to be sparking some of that, right? The Cliff will be there Friday. Mike Leach's family will be there all weekend. Dana has ties to both those guys. What are you hearing? I'll start with Rob this time about the weekend. I mean, it's going to be an emotional weekend, it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's the Hall of Fame. There's a Hall of Fame and a Ring of Honor. They're both going in the Hall of Fame. Um, so it's a little bit of a different thing. They won't be up on the stadium. There won't be a banner or anything. But uh, it's a special thing, and I, I think the – the history for both of those guys is a little bit different, right? Cliff, as a player, then as a coach, coaches six years, kind of gets run out, doesn't kind of get run out, gets fired. Uh, and so the history there is a little bit tenuous. And, and then you have Mike Leach, who also gets fired and has a long legal battle with Texas Tech. Um, never disparages the university or the people in Lubbock, just the leaders of the university that he didn't agree with. Uh, and so, you know, we talked about it on our show. We just want this weekend to be pro Mike Leach and pro Cliff Kingsbury, and pro, pro Texas Tech. Let's just leave all the arguments behind us for now uh, because there are still plenty of people with opinions on what happened in 2009 and what happened in 2013 through 18. Uh, let's, let's remember the good times this weekend, and I think we can all get a, a, a good weekend out of it. Yeah, uh, I I think it's interesting to think. I mean, that doesn't feel like that long ago. But then you say 2009, like, oh, my God, I graduated high school in 2009. That was a long time ago. Um, Kyle, what is, what's your perspective on the ceremony going on this week? I mean, it, yeah, I got to be honest. I totally forgot that Cliff was going in the same weekend Coach Leach was. I, all the – Buzz has been about Mike Leach and, you know, a, a very worthy honor for both of them. And I'll, I'll say in terms of the Dana connection, um, a piece of the story that a lot of college football fans might not know is, you know, so Cliff Kingsbury kind of gets this reputation as like a pretty boy, you know, Hollywood kind of 
And, you know, yeah, he's, he's handsome. He's a great dresser. He, those pictures of his house in Arizona during the draft, you know, went viral. But, you know, for any coach starting out, it's not pretty. And I remember him talking about he, he's a graduate assistant at Houston while Dana is offensive coordinator. And he was like, and I was getting paid minimum wage, basically. And I had to sleep on Dana's couch. It was like, I'm making this up, but something like, you know, a $300 a month stipend to be a grad assistant. And, you know, he's slumming it. He lives in Dana's apartment or Dana's house, sleeping on his couch. And of course develops into this great play caller, great offensive X's and O's guys. And that's with influence from guys like Mike Leach, Dana Holgerson, all the other air raid tree guys that he coached and played with. So um, it, it's really cool that Dana Holgerson gets to be there for that, you know, a player that he coached in Cliff Kingsbury and then coached with at Houston uh, in his first tenure with the Cougars. Uh, and then obviously his former head coach, Mike Leach. So very special, you know, that's something that the Mike Leach coaching tree is something people in Lubbock are very proud of. You know, we've got Bill Biedenbaugh, Dave Aranda, Dana Holgerson, Cliff Kingsbury, Lincoln Riley. So to have so many of those guys being honored or, or present for one weekend, I think is really cool. Well, and Houston just lost to Sonny Dykes a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, Sonny it, Dykes. It never, never goes away. All right. So before you get too far I want to talk about a tough decision that a lot of people think they have to make. People think about regrowing their hair and decide, like, do I have to do this unhealthy but efficient route or do I have something healthier and slower? And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do those things. I know I have a hat on every day when I record, but that's because there's a little bit of like a receding line going on here underneath this ball cap. And frankly, uh, the light above me would reflect off of it kind of funny if I didn't have one on. But I'm getting after it, and you can too with neutral. You don't have to choose between better hair growth, and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole-body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, no drugs, no compromises. Uh, men think that losing their hair is inevitable, but it doesn't have to be. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. If you're tired of weakening or thinning hair, you want to reach your full hair potential, leading hair growth supplement Nutrafol helps improve your hair growth visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplement uses uh, physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from uh, within by targeting causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improved hairlines after and thickness in hair in six months after taking neutral hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, 
the other emotional thing, and I'll let whoever wants to jump in on this one, because I actually don't know y'all's opinion on this. Uh, Donovan Smith is returning home in a weird way, too. Donovan Smith's dad coached there. Um, he went. He graduated from Friendship High School as well. Um, and, and Donovan started a, a number of games there and had some important wins as a quarterback. Um, what's the reception, gonna, again, to either one of you that wants to go first, what's the reception going to be like for Donovan? I think for me, Donovan Smith uh, was a big part of our podcast last year. Uh, we were huge fans of him uh, until he wasn't the starter anymore, and then you kind of have to move on to the next guy. But Donovan Smith is a very capable quarterback. Uh, he's turnover prone. He has a short or a, a mistimed clock, I believe, in the pocket, maybe a little bit. But I think his arm is pretty good, and I think the I think the reception will be good coming home. It, it was it was one of those things where yeah, the writing's on the wall. There's two guys in front of you. You're probably going to transfer, and you're going to go to a similar offense. You find Houston. You find Dana. Hope you have a good year, except for when you play us. I think that's how most people will say it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, 100% positive. I mean, Donovan Smith got his first action with Texas Tech, coming on the heels of what was probably our worst decade in program history in terms of, like, conference win percentage, you know, any kind of metric like that. From 2014 through 2020, um, there's a very – in that seven-year stretch, very short list of, like, positive, memorable games. <laughs> and then Donovan Smith in maybe seven starts at Texas Tech uh, beats Iowa State in thrilling fashion um, to get us bowl eligible, beats Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl, our first bowl win at the time in, I think, six years. Um, no longer than that, it was an eight-year bowl drought and then beats Texas as a starter in 2022. And so he's responsible for some of the only good memories that Texas tech fans have going back to 2012, 2013 ish. And so, you know, he has his deficiencies. The, the Houston game last year is a great microcosm. You know, he has three turnovers, uh, but also has, you know, a, a winning play on fourth and 20 and the game winning score in, in double overtime. So you, you take the good with the bad and, you know, I choose to remember him for all the positive memories. So I, I don't think there's any kind of fan animosity or, or resentment toward him for transferring. It, it makes total sense. I think if there's any hint of that, it's only because we wish he was on our roster this weekend because we don't have a, a very healthy quarterback room right now. Well, and that's a nice segue. Thank you for doing that. Because I was going to ask about, first of all, I've been told um, in my comment section that I'm pronouncing the actual starter's name uh, wrong. Um, and that's probably <laughs> honestly, because I've been pronouncing it show. It's not pronounced. So that's it's pronounced it's, to say it. Kyle, how would you pronounce it? Ty Shuck. Like if you're Shuck. shucking a piece of corn. Okay. Yeah. There's no K C K. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But Tyler Shuck, like you shucking corn, uh, he broke his leg is my understanding. Um, but then Baron Morton comes in and I thought I saw one point that he'd also injured his shoulder. Um, he did finish the game, um, didn't have a particularly stellar game, but did finish the game. Um, he looks to be the guy this weekend, and he looks to be healthy to go, Kyle. I'll let you – but what's the story on the quarterback situation in Baron Morton? Yeah, Tyler Shuck out with a broken fibula for six to eight weeks. He underwent surgery this week. Um, I've heard different things on Baron Morton, and I, I'm not uh, trying to pass any of this off as like reporting or anything, just kind of like different rumor mill stuff. Um, you know, there was a, a play in the fourth quarter where he came up and he was holding his right shoulder, his, his throwing shoulder. And 
so I assumed that that was where he got hurt. But then a different account, you know, just from a, a friend who claims to kind of know somebody who would know type deal was that he heard it on the second play uh, after entering the game and that he was dealing with an injured shoulder um, for the entire three quarters that he played. So I don't know which of those is true. Uh, Joey says he's a full go. I, I told Rob when we just we just got finished recording our own podcast, my, my jaw wouldn't hit the floor and I wouldn't just be totally shocked if he's not available, like if it's too sore or maybe he's not quite ready by Saturday. But, yeah, I think that there's probably a 90% chance you see Baron Morton as the starting quarterback. Very talented. He's probably a redshirt freshman classification-wise. I think he came in during the COVID year, which didn't count. So, I guess uh, – or, no, he wasn't here during COVID. I guess he's a redshirt sophomore, but a young guy. He made a few starts last year due to injuries and, and performance. So um, he started Big 12 games before. He, he beat West Virginia last year. Um, but, yeah, he was very inaccurate. He completed about 35% of his passes. And you'll see a really strong arm on display, but he's got to be a lot more consistent in terms of just putting it on the spot, finding the open guy, and uh, moving the sticks. But, yeah, I think that's who you'll see on, on Saturday. Rob, talk to me. What does Barron do? What, I mean, 35%. I don't mean to be too negative on someone that's not, I don't follow very closely, but 35% doesn't sound great. So, what, what does Rob, what does Barron do well? And if he's not the guy, is there somebody else that could maybe step in and do something big time for them that we're not looking at? Uh, I'll skip ahead here and then talk about Barron Morton. Uh, no, there's a true freshman behind him, Jake Strong, um, and then a baseball player behind him named Will Burns, who is also a true freshman and played baseball last spring as a, a spring entrant. <laughs> he was a high school senior the first fall last year and then played baseball last year for Texas Tech as a spring entrant. And he is now the third-string quarterback. Uh, the fourth-string quarterback is a wide receiver named Coy Aiken. <laughs> That's your quarterback rundown. Uh, Coy Aiken might be the third it's a short rundown, though, Rob. <laughs> uh, if you're talking about Baron Morton, when healthy, he is the kind of guy who can extend a pocket and keeps his eyes downfield, can get to a second, third, fourth read, um, has a powerful arm. I don't know if you'll see that this weekend with you know a shoulder injury, um, but is a gunslinger. And you talk about Donovan being turnover prone. Baron Morton is a little bit of the same way, uh, but he's going to make his throws downfield, whereas Donovan kind of throwing interceptions over the middle and, and to the sideline. Baron Morton's going to make his arm punts down the field. Um, but you see him throw vertical. You see him throw a touch, and he kind of has all the throws. You, you talk about NFL throws in the bag uh, to the sideline, to the hash, across the field, down the field. Baron Morton, when healthy, can make all the throws, and he keeps his eyes downfield. So he's kind of the quintessential, uh, I'm going to say it, air raid quarterback, <laughs> uh, even though you don't really run the air raid. Well, so it's interesting you say that because it might be the Texas Tech uniform, and I don't mean to say that he is Patrick Mahomes because no one – I mean, there's one of one. I guess Caleb, Smith, Caleb Williams at USC might be close. He does some of the improv kind of things that seem like similar. I've, again, there's not a whole lot for me to have watched on him, so I'm asking for whichever you want to jump in, but does he do that? Is he better at the improv kind of stuff? Is he better on his feet moving? Like, 
what is that is that what he's good at or is he good at just you know 50 yard bombs what's what's he what's what's Houston got to watch out for yeah it's the really uh so he's capable of this gets overused but you know they talk about this during NFL draft all the time like he can make any throw on the field he can make any throw on the field I mean he can he can get it to the sideline with a lot of zip he can push it down the field he can go kind of sidearm and do those alternate arm angles that guys like Mahomes do and it's funny you bring up Mahomes. Uh, Zach Kidley, our offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, actually said that uh, – he said this before last season started, that Morton is the kind of guy that has that level of special arm talent. Now, when you're when you're young and you can't read a defense and you're completing 35%, you know, you've got to figure out how to harness all that talent. But, uh, you know, his best throws – if I gave you a highlight reel of his eight or ten best throws, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's incredible. All right. Now – Everyone has some sort of a drive to succeed, and everyone wants to see their team put together something that works. I'm here to tell you that you can do that yourself in your own garage because passion, drive, and patience are what brings home a winning trophy, and it's also what keeps you your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered with over 122 parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and more with ebay motors guaranteed fit your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need and the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors ebay guaranteed fit is only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions do apply um the the balance the yin to the yang here in the backfield for tech as a kid i'm i'm very impressed with them watching stuff to get ready for this week uh taj brooks is a very talented football player 510 230 seems like a very like we don't play 1998 football but looks like and looks the part of like a 1998 can play running back every down if you need him to kind of guy obviously it looks like in looking through statistics and things wyoming might not have been his best outing um i'll let y'all tell the story there but i'll I'll start with rob here rob talk to me about taj brooks um in watching his career more closely than i what's What's his story? What's his deal? What's he good at? Yeah, he is a uh, a patient runner. He's a one cut guy. Uh, he's going to get upfield. He's going to run you over. Um, he's not juking anybody, but he does have some speed to break away. You go back two Houston games, and you probably don't beat him <laughs> without Taj Brooks. And that's uh, sophomore Taj Brooks, who kind of comes out of nowhere uh, and looks like he has a ton of zip because he goes on seventy yard runs uh, to get away from Houston linebackers and safeties, but. Uh, he's had some pretty good games against Houston. He's had some good games in his career, and he's coming off one of his best halves ever, I would say, against West Virginia. Uh, nearly makes the comeback. But, you know, Taj Brooks is a really good running back. On pace for 1,000 yards this year. Um, I am kind of in danger world saying that, though, because he just doesn't get the ball consistently. Um, he has not been heavily used in a first half yet. He was used well in the second half against Oregon, the second half against (laughs) Virginia, uh, but has not really had a big first half yet. I would love to see that against Houston um, as a Texas Tech fan, obviously, but he's the kind of workhorse guy that can get 20 20 carries and a half and look, look fresh at the end. He kind of gets better with carries. 
Well, that's that's really interesting um, that he didn't get the ball well in the first half. Now, Kyle, I'm assuming the RTDB means run the darn ball on your hat there, right? Um, yes. Talk me through. Clearly, you are you are very sl- you have a very particular perspective on this. Should they be running him more? I mean, is he? What's the deal there? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so I'll, I'll give you some data to to back this up. But uh, Texas Tech. Let me make sure I've got this right. It's in my notes app. Give me one second. We're like 90th nationally in passer rating. Uh, we're 104th well, in uh, yards per pass attempt. So he he's got 100. He had 149 yards last week. I mean he yeah. he can really run the football. Yeah. So we're bad at throwing the ball, and yet we uh we throw it the eighth most in the country. Like we're eighth nationally in pass <laughs> plays per game, and our our run share is like 120th nationally. So we've got this great offensive piece that is incredibly successful. He's 11th nationally in yards per carry. He's second nationally in yards per carry among guys that have 60 or more carries. And we just like choose to use him at this minuscule rate. Um, so yeah, he needs the ball more. He carried it six times for 66 yards against Oregon, 11 yards per carry. Probably not going to do that at volume, but like, when your quarterback has four turnovers and your running back has six carries, you feel like you're pretty imbalanced there. And like Rob said, he had three carries in the first half against West Virginia when you scored three points, I think had one first down all half. And so it's like every time that we're stalling out offensively and nothing is going well, he's not touching the ball at all. And anytime it's going well, it's because he's toting the rock multiple times per possession or per drive. And so I'm a huge proponent of him, getting at least 15 carries both halves and, you know, would love to see him finish with 30 touches, whether that's handoffs, getting him involved in the screen game, throwing him a pass out in the flats. Uh, he, he needs to be the guy that is, you know, our, uh, our bell cow and he needs to touch the ball more than anybody else on this offense. You know, you mentioned turnover prone and, and I, I'm sure we'll flip this around in a second, but last, last thing on tech, what other players should Houston fans be aware of? You know, you kind of have a, a running back wide receiver duo, uh, duo player, Nehemiah Martinez, plays both. Um, I think he'll get some run. Coming into the season, it was Dram Bradley was the big name at wide receiver. He's not done a lot, but he did catch a touchdown from Baron Morton in West Virginia. Um, defensively, uh, up front, you've got Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford Jr., the two inside defensive linemen. Uh, you have a true sophomore, Joseph Adetaray, on the defensive line. Uh, and then in the secondary, uh, Rabbit is his name. That's fun. Taylor Demerson. Uh, and he is everywhere. He's fast like a rabbit. Uh, he's probably been your best defensive player so far. I'll add a couple more in there. Malik Dunlap, our starting corner. Um, if not for some incompetent replay officials in the Oregon game, he would have four interceptions to his name this <laughs> season. He, he has three officially, but it's really four. Um He's been stellar at uh, at inside linebacker. We've got a redshirt freshman named Ben Roberts. I think actually started as a walk on, and he was thrust into action by way of injury. He's held his own, and you know we're kind of grading on a curve there because he's so young and inexperienced. But he's been a really good player. He had an interception uh, last weekend against West, uh, yeah, against West Virginia. Made I think double digit tackles. So he's kind of a guy who's really stepped up in that role. And then one more on offense. We have a six foot nine tight end named Mason Tharp. You can't miss him. Obviously, a kind of a mismatch nightmare for opposing defenses. 
the main gripe with him has just been kind of the same with Tosh Brooks. It's a usage deal. You know, we run a lot of formations and personnel packages with the tight end. And really until this season, didn't target them a ton. But when, when he is targeted, he's incredibly productive. You know, it's almost impossible to cover a guy who's 6'9", unless you've got him like totally bracketed. So he's a guy that if he's on the field and if he's utilized and targeted can certainly make an impact. 6'9", 250s, I'm saying on football reference. Um, wow. He's, up, wow. He's, he's listed at 270 now. So he's on the, so it's an older weight. He's huge. Um, yeah. Big, big guy. Yeah. Um, frankly, they know a lot about Donovan from up close and personal experience. What kind of questions do Tech fans have about Houston coming into this week? I mean, I I feel like, uh, Rob, you mentioned it's a must-win game for both teams uh, in, a, in a lot of different ways. But what are, what are Tech fans wondering about this week as they're getting ready for Saturday? Uh, we've had a lot of uh, seat seat warmth questions. The gauge is he really <laughs> warm for Dana? Is is he going to be in Houston long term? I so that's interesting. Um, I can't tell how warm it is now. I know he's buddies with the AD. He's buddies with Fertitta, the biggest donor. And at a weird like macro level, that might be more important than anything else. I do think that. Um, they have realistic expectations as far as a de- an athletic department this season. They're not tra- there. I mean, 10 wins would be a pipe dream, right? Um, the idea is more like, can you get to a bowl game and that kind of stuff in your first season, the big 12. Um, he certainly has said publicly, he doesn't think a seat is hot and that drew some ire from some fans. Um, you know, you don't get to lose to rice very often. Uh, you probably need to win some big 12 games. If you want to prove that you've done a good job of pulling guys in, he's kind of interesting in that he doesn't recruit the high school classes, Although he's done well for the University of Houston the last couple of years, but he openly talked about like using the transfer portal, using JUCO kids and stuff like that, um, getting kids that are ready to play because you're playing in a little bit bigger conference uh, as opposed to freshmen that'll play down the line. You know, it's a little unorthodox. Uh, I have things I like about and things I don't, and I think a lot of my viewers, based on comments, have a lot of things they don't. <laughs> and so, um, I, I, y'all are watching the same thing with Joey McGuire, though, right? It's, as soon as things go south, it's the coach. And if it's not the coach, the quarterback. And those are always the first two things people go to. And so I think it would be a very quick fix and, and an easy fix. I don't know if they make it anytime soon. But I think it's a fair question. And I know he's got ties to tech, so I'm sure that that's probably is fairly pertinent on people's uh, eyes or minds. Um, Kyle, what are you hearing about people wondering? I guess kind of a similar question, or at least related. You know, the, obviously Houston making the – the call up to the majors, so to speak, this season, but it's due to shift again next year when Texas and OU leave and we get the four corners from the Pac-12. Um, what do you kind of – I think every fan base is naturally optimistic and Houston certainly has some advantages being located where they are, but what do you think about like long-term football program trajectory and what's a reasonable like three- to five-year goal for the Houston Cougars? I think it's uh, the the five. If you're looking like three to five, the, the latter end of that um, is to really compete for this thing. Now I know that that sounds every team wants to say they're competing to win the conference um, in a five year window, but truthfully, they had as good a recruiting class as they've ever had, top to bottom in 2023. Um, you know they've got a a big time quarterback. Uh, they got Jameson Kitna, John Kitna's son, is a 2025 quarterback committed to come currently. Um, and I think the thought is really like you can keep Houston kids in Houston and do pretty well, right? Now you're competing with some SEC schools all around you in LSU, A&M, and Texas. But truthfully, if you can keep Big 12 kids, keep kids in Houston, 
you should be all right. And um, we had a number of kids transferred back this year that are from the Houston area, went somewhere else to start and came back to town. Um, you know, a handful of 2023 recruits openly talked about how they wanted to stay in the city that they grew up in. Um, that, that in itself should provide a real, real shot. The other thing they're doing is they're building a new facility. Um, they have a whole new football operations building. They're putting shelves in the ground in this fall as soon as the season's over, as soon as the home games, I should say, are over. Um, and so if you're looking at the five-year end of that window, like the goal would be you had the building done, you got the money raised, you got the kids here for a couple of years at that point. Like things should be rolling. Um, and if not, I think things things should be changing, right? Yeah. What about, uh, you know, if, if things don't work out with Dana for one reason or another, give me like three realistic names you think they could and would go after. Interesting. Um, so there's a lot of people that want um, Case Keenum to come coach. I think I'd like to get, to get some experience first. Um, and frankly, as a fan, I like to watch him play as long as he can play, right? Um, there were, you know, people inquiring about Cliff Kingsbury coming back to call plays. When he was uh, when he was looking to come back to the college game, I I have my question marks about him as a head coach. Um, I do think he's a good play caller though, and so I could see that. Um, and then I think everyone said Texas is penitential with this guy at Texas State, GJ K- uh, Kine, Keen Kine. Um, he's built something really fast there, and he did a pretty good job of doing it. There are people that like Trailer at UTSA, but Houston's beaten UTSA a couple years in a row now, right? And I don't know that. Um, I don't know that I'm going down that path necessarily. I I have inquired about, and I asked my listeners, and I didn't get a whole lot of f- feedback from it, but um, Wes Phillips, son of Wade Phillips, grandson of Bum Phillips, bunch of ties to Houston. He's the OC in Minnesota. Um, I know pro game and college game are very different. Um, what, what role could he play in this whole thing? He's got some natural ties to Houston, natural ties to U of H, obviously. Um I, just looking for young up and comer kind of guys like that. I think it needs to be someone young like that. There are people that think you should be able to go get like 73 year old Wade Phillips. I'm like, ah, guys, I don't know. About, <laughs> what, 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 what does that do five years from now? <laughs> like, I, yeah. So that's not me, you know, but y'all do gambling lines. This line is set at Texas Tech's eight and a half point favorite on FanDuel. We are a FanDuel side. So I don't know what y'all use for to pick your lines on, but they got eight and a half, uh, Text tech minus eight and a half and the over set at 50 and a half. Oh, first initial thoughts there. Tweet link thoughts there. Uh, snug under. <laughs> um, I think it'll be close. I think they both score in the 20s. I think tech can get close to covering, but I don't think they will. I I just picked it as a field goal win just because I don't I don't trust anything that Texas Tech has done so far. And I, I think this is Dana's Super Bowl. He talked about it six different times at Big 12 Media Days. This is circled on his calendar. Uh, Dana wants to win this game. Donovan wants to win this game. You're going to get their best shot. Uh, So I think it'll be a close game. I said 27-24. Kyle, what you got? Yeah, I think it'll be ugly. I don't trust us to beat any Power 5 team by eight and a half until we demonstrate we can do what we're supposed to do on offense, which is you know, feed your good players and avoid doing what you're worst at. Uh, I, I do think we'll win at home. We've been pretty good at home under Coach McGuire, but I think it'll be kind of ugly. I think I said, what, 23 to 17 on our podcast, so I'll, I'll stick with that. <laughs> Got to be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you to the folks from Gambling Gatos for coming on today and talking about the fun matchup that is this weekend, obviously with potential rivalry brewing, all the connections to the schools and all that kind of stuff happening. It's fun to get to hear the other side sometimes. 
ought to be a fun matchup, just like it was a year ago. Obviously, we're hoping to come out on the positive side of this one after being so close, so, 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 so close. Should have won the game a year ago. I digress. But that's going to be a fun game Saturday. You can find us after the game Saturday at Cougars After Dark. We're still figuring out exactly what time that would go live. But it'll be a live post-game show sometime after the final whistle on Saturday. Again, Cougars After Dark. Tune into YouTube for the updates there. I'll also be talking on my social media channels. So make sure you find me at Painsworth512. Wherever you tune into social media, that's uh, Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. Blue Sky, Threads, Instagram, wherever I'm at, Painsworth512. Talking all things Houston Cougars and Houston sports. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked On Cougs today. Locked On Cougs is a primary Locked On podcast network, and that means your team every day. Go Cougs.